When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 93. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Client Liaison. The Australian party starters have just released their highly anticipated second record, entitled Divine Intervention. In today's episode, we're speaking with Monty and Harvey about the new record, recording in haunted studios and selling their souls as NFTs. Here we go. Our guests today are a pop duo from Melbourne, Australia. Known for their infectious disco hooks and incredible beats, they've just released their second studio record, Divine Intervention. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Monty and Harvey from Client Liaison. Hello. Howdy. Hey, guys. How you doing? <laughs> good. Thank you. Yourself? Doing great. That's good. Uh, now, congratulations. It's a very big day for you. Um, Divine Intervention is is out in the world at the moment. Uh, yeah, firstly, congratulations. What does it feel like? Great. It's been a long time coming. Some of these songs are a few years old. And we've also, we also completed it a few months ago to try and produce a vinyl. So it almost doesn't seem real. I imagine having songs, some of these songs were written back 2018, 2019, I think. Yeah. What's it like when you're recording and writing these songs and having to, um, for lack of a better phrase, like sit on these songs for, for a period of years before you can kind of release them to the masses. I mean, it's a good observation you make. Um, we would prefer to have all come together in the last couple of months and, you know, cross the finish line all together holding hands. But in reality, it was a, a dribs and drabs over years with a global pandemic chucked in the middle. So, <laughs> You know, we've been asked this question before of, you know, when did it feel like, you know, do you feel great that it's handed in? And you, <laughs> I, felt, I actually felt great about six months ago when, you know, we were in a session and, and you know, I reimagined this beat and then Monty nailed a vocal over the top and I'm like, actually, now I can see the through line. We've actually finished everything. Like, we've got that last song. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it was a... um. It wasn't a. It was a bit of a clumsy, uh, non-straight line toward the end. But yeah, we're we're here, and I guess it's about looking back on all the little sessions and the moments over the the last uh, four years, rather than the last two months. Yeah, of course. 
Do you find that when you've got these songs that you kind of have been holding on to for a period of time that, um, like in, in this session two, three months ago or six months ago, sorry, um, where, you know, you're working on something and you're going to add that to the album. Does that make you reframe something that you might've worked on 18 months ago for the record? Like, does it kind of, yeah, make you refocus the, what you're working on? Definitely. I mean, there's songs that we always knew we were going to release. Um, there were songs that were not necessarily singles, but they're just really strong songs. So they had to find a place, but we would write often write the new songs to fit with the old ones to create a cohesive theme and, and also pick out of all the unfinished songs, pick the ones that would work together and would, you know, have different stories to tell and different moods. The record is absolutely brilliant. It is um, something that I feel that the country, the world itself is needed, but the country in Australia is definitely needed in terms of like a very upbeat, joyous kind of party record. I imagine you've been asked this before, especially with this coming out, but was there any, any, any points where it was difficult kind of not necessarily coming up with songs, but, you know, the pandemic hasn't been kind to our dance scene, to our clubs, to our festivals. Were there times where you're like, oh, maybe this is, maybe this is the client liaison, uh, more sombre album, if you will? Oh, I think there's always struggle in the creative process, but um, being upbeat and escaping your woes is core to client liaison's ethos giving people a good time and often you, you that kind of self-belief and escapism and um, need to dance and party comes from suffering. So it's a, it's very cathartic. Do you think that um, the record and, and the themes that it kind of covers is, yeah, like I guess a release of all those things that you've been feeling and, and building towards and wanting to kind of have for the last two, three years? Um, to be honest, it feels like the last two years have just been a bit of a blur and it's hard to really sort of come out with the the plate with the clearly presented words of wisdom of what was our takeaway from, from COVID and the pandemic and how shall we forward um i would like to be able to say that it does feel like a bit of a blur the way i felt about covid this or the pandemic this week has changed since last it's pretty swirling and how that interacts with the album i guess it's like um the way i look at it is you know when you go to sleep and you wake up and you know time's passed but you can't you have no concept of that amount of time you just know you slept, but it doesn't feel like hours. That's kind of what the pandemic feels like. And that's what's kind of feels like with the album. It's like, we were kind of there and then we closed our eyes and this thing happened and now we're opening them and it's here. So that's a kind of unlettered um, explanation about, yeah, the, the album. And so, yeah, I'd probably say it's not particularly related to the, the suffering, like Monty said, we're always just trying to do, we're just trying to bring the, the positivity. Um, there's a line that says, you know, uh, Monty, you can correct me, put on a smile. Uh, Monty, can you jump in? And Well, that, I mean, that is, uh, 
that is a bit of a critique of the older generation. And that's probably the, there is one song that has a song, slightly somber tone because I think you need the savory with the sweet. But um, in general, yeah, it's about, um, you know, seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, having hope uh, despite hard times. Um, and and because we, we have a throwback sound and we reference lots of different eras as well, like we exist outside of the pandemic. We don't exist in necessarily in the here and now and it's, and it's also not about us as people and our lives and our stories and what's been happening. Of course, that it's influenced by that, but it's it's theatre. Of course. One kind of thing I'd love to touch on is, I guess, yeah, pre-COVID, recording in Sunset Sounds with Nick from um, Empire and now I believe that um, the single House of Holy was inspired by... I think the the attic or like the upper levels were were haunted, and that's kind of where that song came from. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, those the way a song's made is it can it could just come from a conversation. So you know, it, it's not so conscious, but it's the flow of events. I mean, looking back, it was like, hold on, we visited the attic that morning, and it was a pretty creepy experience. There were lots of weird noises and lots of scary stories, and by that night, we were kind of looking upward, trying to, you know, <laughs> take the spirit in with Nick Whittemore as, you know, you know, astral travel, so to speak, and um, take on a higher, you know, speak of a higher plane, a, a better place. Um, yeah. He, he, he was very uh, take, taking full advantage of the California's new uh, laws around marijuana. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, it was the LA, it was kind of a, bit of a trippy vibe and then i was in this side room watch and the tv was stuck on fox news so i was just copping all this fox news and then little more was smoking the the chiba and um yeah so it was all a bit of a <laughs> and we had some irish bloke in there it was a bit of a, a bit of a weird situation but um kind of laughing at it looking back at it now how did um how did that kind of collaboration with nick begin with other than I imagine that it wasn't over the friendship wasn't formed over um Fox News and and Smoking Pot no <laughs> we we worked with him in Sydney um we had one we had uh one day with him where he put us to task he made Harvey play keyboards directing him giving him a a reference track and then go play 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 and Harvey be like I don't play like this and he goes I don't care <laughs> and then he created a beat out of that and uh, I sang for two hours and he would whip me into shape singing at uh, halftime and then we'd speed it back up and try to write lyrics. So he's, he has quite um, an incredible toolkit for songwriting and we're really impressed with him. And out of that came the vocal for Elevator Up. The elevator Up, Elevator Up. And um, Harvey went and created that beat and we met with him in L.A. a month later and took that beat and also wrote House of Holy. But um, it's interesting because in L.A., Nick brought in multiple drummers, percussionists, all kinds of musicians. We had this massive project using tape, the Neve console, recording this massive opus for House of Holly, but we ended up only using the vocal. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. So, it's just weird the way things work. I mean, we 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 use some of his production on Elevator Up as well that he did in LA. You but, know, it's um, funny. Mm. you say that, Monty, it's funny. I used to joke about, prior to going to LA, I would make this joke. I'd say, you know, these days it's all about the laptop. Like, you know, you go to LA and you you get all these birds in and you record this, like, orchestra of birds in these cages and spend all this money doing that. And then I just go out, just download it off YouTube. And it's just, <laughs> we did that. Like, we went to our <laughs> and we, and I did, I, I, I'm well aware of the observation, um, so it's kind of funny, like, yeah, it's like we went to LA, did all that, and then it's like how many times you hear that story, you come back and you ditch everything. I remember, you know, reading that cut copy um, in Ghost Colours. They had a similar thing where they recorded the song for So Haunted in Australia and then went to LA, to the, oh no, New York to Tim Sweeney, oh, not Tim Sweeney, one of the blokes from um, DFA, went to his studio, the big New York producer, and then... <laughs> Ended up using the uh, the Aussie session, so I think that's kind of um, I don't know. I'm just thinking about this now, and it's like, oh, as a musician, we've ticked that box of the, <laughs> the go across the world and come back and use and not use it. So it's kind of funny, like looking back at it. Are you guys big on collaboration in terms of like having producers there for you? Do you have a preference of whether it is just kind of yourselves directing that ship or having someone to um? inebriated on whatever or not co-piloting well uh, from the start we'd often work separately so uh we developed a great relationship with dan hume um in 2017 and 2018 and there's probably about over a third nearly half the songs involved him and he was a really good moderator for us he could do anything he's a jack of all trades so this album ended up being very collaborative there was one song that was just written by both of us in the kind of old style, but then we, we worked with a mixer across all the tracks, Francois Titaz, who was quite important in bringing the whole thing together as one. So, yeah, it was, it was our most collaborative album, that's for sure. But, you know, we don't know what will happen next. We might go back to our old ways or start working with an orchestra or whatever, you know, which, whichever way the road leads us. One thing that Nick Littlemore did teach, uh, say, that's resonated, he's, he's um, I don't know if he said it or just, he goes, oh, you know, I want to put you out of your um, comfort zone. And I think that's important. So now I'm, I'm not as nervous when I go into sessions. 
you know, previously I'd be like, oh, if you've got anything existing that you can pull up, like let's start with a head start or something. But now I'm just like happy to be, um, yeah, I don't feel, I feel com- uh, more comfortable having been in sessions with him. I know I could kind of deal with anything now. Well, well as an example, we, uh, I think it was last year, we started working over Zoom, which was different. And then we also, the song Eulogy for, Liv- for the Living, we actually wrote that on a piano, which was the first time we just sat down and stripped away the production and just focused on the song first. So, yeah, we're just open to new ways of working, anything to keep growing. How did you find the Zoom sessions? Because I imagine, like, uh, beats, are like, are one thing, and obviously they're done on, can be done on computers or laptops, but... I imagine that there's a certain feel or chemistry even like when you're in a studio together. So was the Zoom sessions a little bit more difficult or just different to to wrap your head around? Yeah, we found like um, if you have an existing, because we were actually, we were doing Zoom sessions prior to COVID with Dan Hume because he moved back overseas and there were some songs that weren't complete. Certain things like writing lyrics actually work quite well because you don't need, you don't look at each other. You just listen and you take turns because it's like a phone call. You can't both speak at once. So things like lyrics would work really well or the end when you're looking at a mix, instead of making your way all the way to the studio, just to decide on if the snare goes in that breakdown or not. (laughs) It's like, you can just quickly do it over zoom and then the mixer can keep working on their own. So in some ways it's really effective, but in other ways, like, if you're actually trying to come up with the idea or the melody where you can't, you can't really sing to each other and feel the beat at the same time, that's quite difficult or, or production. And, and generally production's done. It's, you know, it's quite, it's done solo a lot of this time or you're looking over someone's shoulder. So yeah, I mean, but it's another tool for us now. Yeah, of course. The, um, I did see on Instagram that you had enlisted the help of, um, as I mentioned before, we're in South Australia, fellow South Australian motors to remix elevator up, which, um, is very exciting. I guess what was the idea behind getting motors on this track and kind of bringing in, I know we're talking about working with like Dan Hume and Nick Littlemore, but getting a more, um, local producer to like put their take on it. Oh, he's just a mate of ours and, you know, love his stuff. It, yeah. Um, we've hung out with him in Adelaide before and Adelaide's the kind of place where I, I, it's always refreshing to have your ignorance sort of overturned. It, it's very humanising and it makes you feel alive again. And I remember growing up, we first start and I'd be like, oh, Adelaide, you know, boring Adelaide. And now it's like my favourite state in um in Australia. Like I just love it and like we've sort of seen the community there and, um I've hung out there with my friend um, Stasi from uh, Stace Cadet and there's this sort of community that like Luke Millian, um, Saran who used to play in Empire of the Sun. Uh, there's another guy called James Kerr, just a musician. And there's this like little kind of Adelaide scene and it's quite comforting and nice to sort of pop your head in there and, and, and be a tuck into that, you know, that sense of community. So yeah. Um, love, Motez, love Adelaide, and glad it's kind of, yeah, we could go there. 
Definitely. Uh, for divine intervention, obviously, artists during the last year or so have had to kind of get creative with not only the records, but with like the rollout. A number of um, bands have delayed albums, whatever it may be. You guys are selling your souls as NFTs, yeah. which is a very, um, a sentence I didn't think I'd be saying in 2021, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. Where did this idea kind of come from? Uh, um, I guess, you know, there's been this little mini boom with the NFTs and we thought we'd participate in this new market, but I thought it'd be fun to sort of like do so, but also make comment on the nature of NFTs as well because they are intangible. So then why don't we sell something intangible whilst, you know, which is so it's a sort of inverse reflexive comment about NFTs themselves. Um, and for those of you who are over 20 or maybe 25, you might remember a Simpsons episode where <laughs> sold to Millhouse. So I guess it's like we like, there's always like a, a layer and a, a subtext of <clears throat> things we do. And, you know, so it was a kind of um, way to, you know, jump on the NFT bandwagon because we think it's great, but also, yeah, make comment about it. And yeah, it's kind of fun and, you know, people's face light up when you say it, oh, selling your soul. So we always like to do stuff where people's face is light up and yeah, a bit of point of difference between everyone else and their NFTs, you know? Of course I did have, um, when having a read of, of what you guys were planning for it, I did have a little vision of, um, I guess that Simpsons episode. And instead of Bart being at Millhouse's door, the two of you just, you know, knocking on the fans door, wanting that soul back some point yeah i mean the, the, the idea is kind of that i mean it's client liaison soul so it's not really like not that we and furthermore i guess it's sort of the idea that client liaison belongs to everyone and we love that idea so it's kind of not mine or monty's thing anymore or never really was other people's thing so that's kind of fun i think we might include that in the sort of press release definitely it is um as you said client liaison is for everyone and at the moment, we haven't been able to enjoy the band in probably, I feel like, what is your your best setting um, in a live aspect? Obviously, I think the tour recently was um, canned, except for some Melbourne dates. Uh, silly, redundant question, but are you guys looking forward to being able to get back out there and party and play some shows? Yeah, it's been such a long time. It's, um, it's almost hard to imagine, you know, and you... you look forward to the things that you, you can do, but also try to imagine the world without it. So, um, yeah, it'll be a nice surprise to go and connect to people, reinterpret our songs. But we just look at the positive side and say, oh, let's get back in the studio and keep creating music because the time will come where we can celebrate together. Of course. Um, Monty and Harvey, usually we would ask our guests what they're currently listening to, whether it's an album or a single, whatever it may be, that's getting a, um, a, a thorough spin on their record player or streaming service, respectively. Um, what are you currently listening to? I am listening to, we had an, uh, I was listening to Credence Clearwater Revival, which per chance got sent through in an interview. Someone said, oh, is that a reference to House of Holy? But just happened to be listening to that. Yeah, right. Um, there's this band called Royal Otis, a track called Without You. It's brought to my attention by the 
ever uh, foreboding algorithm. Uh, and then otherwise there's this this bloke called Lanny L. No, it's a band called L-A-N-Y and there's a track called Thick and Thin, which I really like. It's kind of like a few years old. But, yeah, they're just a couple of tracks that I've been hooning at the moment. I would also say I love the new Jungle album. Oh, nice. Yeah, that album is very, very good. Yeah. When you guys are looking for new music or when you're listening to new music, do you, I guess, how much of that plays into the music that Clyde Liaison makes in terms of being influenced by not necessarily trends? Cause I think you are in your own world with that, but like, yeah, is there any, what's the word, I guess, outside play that kind of seeps its way into the studio when you guys are, uh, are writing? I mean, we're always using reference tracks to, you know, start ideas off and, you know, often you'll try to replicate something, but it's not, it's just turns into something completely different. And it's often it's about the mix of references. Like we use examples, like one song is like strictly business. It was like Huey Lewis in the news mixed with uh, who framed Roger, Roger Rab, rabbit, you know, or like one of those cartoons like space jam um, mixed with Paula Abdul. Like, so yeah, it's often about the cocktail to create, to create something new. That's very cool. Um, Harvey and Monty, thank you very much for your time today. I do appreciate it. And congratulations again on divine intervention. Uh, the album is fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And that's our show. A massive thank you to client liaison for their time. Divine Intervention is out now and we've got links in the show notes if you'd like to buy or stream the record. We also want to give a huge shout out to Emily at Warner Music Australia for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes where you'll be able to listen to all of our guests' picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the player's profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.